chapter 5. Thank you again for, for uh, having us back. Of course, my family is here, uh, most of them. Uh, my wife, Carol Ann, and then our daughters. Uh, I'll just go um, in order as they're sitting next to Carol. Magdalena, she, she was born in Greenland. Jonathan was born in Greenland. He also mushes dogs. And then Amelia, born in Iceland. And Anna, born in Maryland. <laughs> uh, then our oldest son, uh, he, he is in the lower 48 right now. Uh, he's planning to go back to Greenland with us uh, when we go back. Uh, so you pray, you pray for him. Uh, he's looking for God's leading in his life. But Luke chapter 5 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Now when he had left speaking, that's Jesus, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Launch out into the deep. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. We just thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for giving your son to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, we ask you now to speak to our hearts. Lord, encourage us, strengthen us, convict us where needed. In Jesus' wonderful, matchless name, amen. Now, as I read the Gospels, there's a lot about the sea. There's a lot about boats. Uh, there's a lot about fishermen, right? How many of Jesus' disciples were fishermen? Four, right? That's one-third of the disciples were fishermen. Jesus did a lot of traveling around the Sea of Galilee. It says that Jesus went to the cities and to the villages, right? He went to the, to the rich and to the poor, he went to the upper class and to the outcast. Aren't you glad he went to the outcast? How many of you could testify? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to the outcast. The Bible says, uh, or how many times we read about Jesus and boats, right? He sat in the boat. He uh, stood in the boat. He slept in the boat. In the book of Acts, we read about the Macedonian call. Do you remember that? When the man uh, said to Paul, come over and help us. What did Paul do? The Bible says immediately, right away, Paul loosed from Troas. What does that mean? That means he untied his boat and he took the gospel to those people in Macedonia. What about the songs that we sing that deal with the sea? Uh, Jesus saves. Uh, what about throw out the lifeline? One of my favorites. As I read the gospels, they kind of remind me of Greenland. <laughs> you know, Greenland, we have boats. Uh, we have the sea. Uh, we have lots of villages. There's uh, over 70 towns and villages along the coast of Greenland. And, of course, there's lots of fishermen in Greenland. Uh, now, we live uh, 200 miles uh, north of the Arctic Circle, uh, and we have, we have the Disco Bay. That's our bay. And there's 11 other towns and villages in our bay that can be reached by boat. Uh, but many of the people in our town are fishermen. And if you're not a fisherman, you're usually related to two or three fishermen. And uh, they catch... Uh, Halibut. Uh, I think you're familiar with halibut. You've probably heard of that fish before in Alaska, right? <laughs> um, but uh, fishermen use boats. You know, in America, we have two or three cars. Uh, in Greenland, they have two or three boats. And, uh, you know, some of them have that boat that has, uh, you know, sitting on land, uh, and they uh, talk about how it's going to, one day they're going to get it running again. <laughs> kind of like uh, Americans under cars, right? <laughs> uh, but if you were to come uh, to Greenland and see our harbor, we have just a small harbor. Uh, our town is 5,000 people. Now, 5,000 people, that's the third largest town in Greenland. That's a big town for the Arctic. But we have a small harbor, and uh, the fishermen, they keep their boats in the water all year long. And uh, you saw in the video, they just drive their boats right up on the ice. I don't know how good that is for their boats. We don't do that with our boat, amen. <laughs> um, but uh, um, even when the harbor freezes up, of course, they're still fishing. But then in April, they'll use a dynamite, and they'll blow up the ice in the harbor so the ice can float out to sea. And then to put the pontoon docks into the harbor. 
And if you were to come to our harbor, you would see it wall-to-wall boats. Uh, see, in the summer, everybody puts their boats in the water. And uh, the, the native people have summer homes. Uh, how many of you have a summer house? Now, their summer houses are shacks with no plumbing and no electricity. And uh, they, they always say that they want to get away from the big city. Uh, and there's too many people, 5,000 people. They have to get away and get outside of town and, get, and just relax, get some peace and quiet. Amen? <laughs> uh, but if you were to come to our town, so if you were to watch the boats coming into the harbor, you would think, oh, there's no place for that boat to tie up. And that boat would come, and it would come uh, between two boats that are already tied up, and it would just start ramming those two boats, ramming those boats until the boats would separate, and then they would tie themselves up to the dock. Now, can you imagine doing that in America, right? <laughs> uh, we call it bumper boats. Uh, our boat was a little too big for the, for the dock, so we had to anchor it, and we would still have boats ram right into our boat. <laughs> Uh, But look at verse number 1 of Luke chapter 5. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, upon whom? Upon Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw. Jesus stood by the lake and he saw. In this passage, there's a progression of the work of God in a person's life. We see that Jesus was first where? He was on the shore. You know, the safest place to be is on the shore, isn't it? You don't have to worry about sinking. You don't have to worry about drowning. How many of you have ever been out in the deep, deep sea where you couldn't see any land? That's a scary place to be, especially depending on the vessel that you're in. We had a Bible college student come visit us, and while he was there, I asked my uh, native friend to take us out seal hunting. Uh, I don't know if any, has anyone ever had seal here. Uh, I don't know if you're, I think it's your, okay, yes, we've got a, had a few people eat seal here. Uh, you know, uh, some people say, oh, the seals are cute, uh, but you know what, they're also tasty, <laughs> Uh, in Greenland, um, you know, they eat seal. That's, that's like the poor man's food. You can hunt seal all year long in Greenland. But I asked my friend to take us out seal hunting, and we were out in the middle of the bay, and uh, my friend turned the motor off, and he reached down in the floor of the boat, inside the boat, and he, re- he removed part of the flooring. And there was water inside there, and he took a cup, and he started bowing out the water. And that Bible college student, his eyes got real wide, and he, he asked me, he said, is it safe to be out here? And I, I said, I don't know. It's too late to ask that. <laughs> And uh, my native friend told me later, he said, oh, this is normal. All the boats have holes in them from all the ice. You just have to have a way to get to the water. (laughs) Uh, The safest place to be is on the shore. Uh, We live beside uh, one of the most productive glaciers in the world. So there's, uh, our town is a lutisat, which means icebergs. And uh, when the bay is, when the glacier is moving at its fastest, uh, there is enough ice coming out in one day that could provide New York City with fresh water for a year. So lots of ice, big icebergs, small icebergs. We had a man from Alaska visit us. I won't tell you who he was. And uh, he, uh, the first morning, he looked out the window, and he, he said, uh, I don't remember that mountain. And I said, oh, that's, I said, that's not a mountain. Uh, I said, that's an iceberg. He said, brother, I am from Alaska. I know what an iceberg is. That's not an iceberg. Well, about an hour later, he looked out the window, and he said, the mountain moved. <laughs> um, safest place to be is is all on the shore. There, there's been times I've been out with uh, native friends, not in our boat, but in their boats, and uh, it's been wall-to-wall ice, nowhere to go, and we're just ramming ice. I mean, the boat's shaking and shuddering, and I'm just praying. I'm saying, Lord, please get us the shore safely. Uh, Lord, I'll never get on another boat. <laughs> Amen. Uh, of course, Lord always has different plans, doesn't he? Uh, but in Greenland, there's actually a lot of people that are lost at sea each year. And this just a couple weeks ago, uh, more people were lost at sea. And a lot of times, they don't, they don't even recover the, the, the bodies or the boats. Uh, it's a very dangerous place to be. Um, a few years ago, there was an earthquake in Greenland. 
just a small earthquake on the Richter scale, but it was enough to, to cause a rock slide on one of the mountains. And it sent a tidal wave uh, to these two villages that were deep, uh, uh, you know, they were in the inlet, deep in the inlet. And there was nowhere for that water to go but towards those villages. And there's an organization in Europe that tracks earthquakes. Uh, there's over like 50 earthquakes a day in, in the entire world. And uh, they have a radar system. They can see the earthquakes taking place. They can see the, the tsunamis and tidal waves. And they, they can warn the big cities, but they cannot warn the small villages. And there are people sleeping in their homes in Greenland. They're you know, at peace, um, thought everything was fine. And there was a tidal wave coming, swept their houses into the bay. A family, a family was killed. Uh, others were, 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 uh, were hurt, and there was, everything was damaged and destroyed. Um, you know, there's an organization here today, the Independent Baptist Church, and uh, they have a radar system, the Word of God. Amen? <laughs> you know, the Word of God predicts the coming judgment of God on this world and on sinners. Uh, the Bible says, He that believeth not the Son hath not... Uh, yeah, he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Think about that for a moment. The wrath of God abideth on him. The Bible says, he that believeth not is what? Condemned already. Uh, this world is lost and on their way to hell. And uh, we need to get involved in God's warning system. Jesus instituted a warning system. We call it the Great Commission, right? He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to whom? Every creature. <laughs> That's every single person. Every single person needs to hear the gospel. And it's your job, and it's my job, to get that gospel to this world. Amen? Um, yes, the safest place may be on the shore, right? It's easier to stay on the shore and watch everybody else do all the work. But God wants us involved in his work, in his warning system, in his uh, work that we call missions. Amen? Uh, look at verse number 2. It says, And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Here we see that the disciples were in the water, right? They were wading in the water, washing their nets. You and I, we need to get into the water. We need to get our feet wet. <laughs> Amen? Uh, stop watching, everybody, but get into the water. You know, and if, uh, if you've never been involved in God's work, you've been involved in a local church, you've been watching everybody else do all the work, it can be a little uncomfortable at first, <laughs> right? Uh, but you, you ask the pastor, uh, he'll find something for you to do. Amen? Uh, God wants us involved. And once you get involved... Uh, the more you get involved, the more you begin to like it. <laughs> Amen? It's fun serving the Lord. <laughs> uh, look at verse, uh, verse number 3. Well, first, uh, let's look at verse number 2 again. It says, and saw how many ships? Two ships. It says the fishermen were gone out of them. So how many people were in the ships? No one, right? They were empty. Verse 3 says, and he, Jesus, entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. So Jesus got into the boat, and Simon followed him. And you and I, we need to get into the boat with Jesus. We need to follow Jesus. Now, I believe Jesus saw the potential here of these two empty vessels, these two empty ships. If these ships are being used, just think of all the fish that could be caught, right? You know, as I look around today, I see a lot of potential here. I mean, that was exciting, seeing all these children up here uh, giving testimonies and then singing, amen. Uh, you know, there's a lot of churches where there are no children. Uh, there's a lot of potential here, amen? And, uh, you know, we need to let God use us. We don't want to be like these ships that are sitting empty and not being used, amen? Sometimes you look at other people, right? Well, if God would call brother so-and-so, just think what they could do. If God would call sister so-and-so, just think what God could do with them. Well, what about you? Maybe God wants to use you. God does want to use you. He wants to use each and every one of us in his work. 
Uh, I told you about the building. You saw in the video the building God provided, the church building. Uh, but when we got that building, there was a lot of work that needed to be done. And there was a, a group that came from one of our supporting churches to help us. And before that group came, another church sent us a crate of tools. And the best way to describe those tools is they were worn out, broken tools. Uh, there was a hammer. Uh, the first time I used a hammer, the claws went flying. I don't know if we have any, any carpenters here. Any carpenters? Anybody does any building? Uh, there was a level that wasn't level. <laughs> and we didn't realize that until we installed some doors and windows. And we actually had to take out uh, one of those doors and reinstall it. Uh, there was a crowbar that was, I mean, as tall as me, and it was, it was bent. I, I don't know what they were trying to move with that. Uh, and then there was a circular saw where uh, the, the blade would wobble when you would cut. Uh, I mean, worn out, broken tools. And one of those men that came to work uh, was a master carpenter. And he kind of, he laughed, you know, chuckled when he saw the tools. And he, he, he said, uh, I've heard of missionaries getting secondhand things, but I've never seen it like this. But you know what? He had a job to do. He couldn't stand around complaining. He couldn't say, oh, if I would have brought my drill, if I would have brought my saw, oh, just think what I could do. No, he had to use what was available. And he actually used a sawzall. A sawzall is one of those tools you use for removing and demolishing things. And he used that to, in, to uh, install a kitchen sink in a countertop. Amen? And when he was done, it looked good. It looked really good. You know, we have a master carpenter, Jesus Christ, and when he has a job to do, he goes to the tool shed, and when he looks in there, he doesn't say, oh, just think what I could do if so-and-so were here. Just think what I could do if brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so were here. No, Jesus reaches, and he takes the tool that is available are you available tonight? Are you available? The Lord wants to use you. You say, oh, I'm nothing but a worn out, broken tool. <laughs> Amen. That's who the Lord wants to use. That's the mystery of the gospel, that Christ would save sinners and then turn around and use us to reach sinners with the gospel of Christ. Amen. And you know, when uh, the Lord, um, when we let him use us, uh, who gets all the glory? Who gets all the credit? Jesus gets all the glory and gets all the credit, right? He can take our lives and he can turn us into something beautiful. Amen? Look at verse number uh, three again. It says, And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. So not enough just to get into the water, not enough just to get into the boat, but we also need to thrust out a little from the land. You know, you, you need to just thrust out a little, right? If you're afraid, you've never been involved, you don't know where to begin, well... Just get your feet wet and then just thrust out a little, right? That's, you're not too far from home, right? You can give out a gospel track. You can invite someone to church. You can, you can talk to your coworkers, talk to your neighbors, right? Uh, there's a circle of people around each of us that only we can reach with the gospel. Not our pastor, not the deacons, right? Not the missionary. We are the only light they may have in this world. And it's our responsibility to reach them with the gospel of Christ. But we need to thrust out a little, right, from the land. Look at this verse again. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And then verse 4, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. So not enough just to get into the boat, right? Not enough just to thrust out a little from the land, but then we need to launch out into the deep. And what does that mean? I believe that means total surrender. We need to let go and let God. Have you surrendered your life to the Lord? Are you still holding back on God? Sometimes people are afraid, you know, if I surrender, God might call me to Greenland. <laughs> well, that's not that bad, right? Uh, if God calls you to Greenland, and you, if you surrender to God and he calls you to Greenland, you will like it. Amen? You'll enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I'm just happy God called me to Greenland. I look at other places around the world where there's uh, big spiders and snakes. 
um, malaria, and all kinds of stuff that I don't want to deal with. I know God called me to Greenland, amen? <laughs> um, God's not going to mess your life up. Uh, we are the ones that mess our own lives up, right? When we, when we, get, when we just get off that path, right? We start following ourselves, and uh, that's when we get into trouble. But if we follow the Lord, the Lord's not going to mess up our lives. We need to let go and let God total surrender. Launch out into the deep. Look at the next verse. It says, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, okay, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Jesus said to put down the nets, right? I said, it wasn't done. Launch out into the deep and then put down your nets. And what did Peter say? He said, Lord, I've toiled all night and caught nothing. He said, Lord, I have labored and worked and toiled, and now I am done. It's quitting time. <laughs> Aren't you glad that Jesus never quits on souls? Aren't you glad that he keeps reaching and fishing for souls? The Bible says the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, and we must never quit. Uh, first of all, obviously, we don't want to quit on the Lord. But look around at your family. Look around at these children. We cannot quit for our children. We cannot quit for our, our husbands. We cannot quit for our wives, right? We cannot quit. Uh, there's people watching us. We cannot quit for the lost world. We must be faithful to the Lord. We must listen to the Lord, follow His voice, and drop those nets. Amen? It says, And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Of course, I skipped that little part there. What did, what did it say? Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Right? Nevertheless, Lord, I'll listen to you, right? Because you said it. And that's what we need to do in our lives. Sometimes when we feel like quitting, we need to get along with God and listen to his still, small voice, right? Uh, sometimes we need to go just a little further. Now, Peter didn't completely listen, right? God said put down the nets. And that's a whole other message. And he put down one net, right? Uh, but you saw what happened in the next verse. It says that he enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. <laughs> There's been times in my, life, in my life where I was so discouraged, you know, just felt like I couldn't go any further. And just asked the Lord, you know, am I, doing, am I making a difference here? Am I doing anything in Greenland? It seemed like it was slow moving. It was quitting time, it felt like. But the Lord said, keep going. And we dropped those, those nets down, and we saw God give the increase. Have you ever seen that happen in your life? Amen. Aren't you glad you haven't quit? You know, there's a lady walking by one day, uh, the church building, and we gave her a gospel tract. It took us four years to get a gospel tract translated into Greenlandic. And uh, we didn't hear from her. About a year later, she contacted us, and she said, I have my ticket. Uh, can I come to church? <laughs> and we said, of course, come to church. And she came to church. And uh, for over a year, we sat down with her, my wife and I, and we went through the Bible, went through the gospel. Uh, it took about a year until she finally understood it and asked Christ to save her. Amen. <laughs> Um, another man that we met when we first got to Greenland, uh, he was a taxi driver. seemed like every time I needed a taxi, he was a driver. And uh, he, uh, he told me that I could never be a Baptist because my grandmother was a priest in the state church. Well, uh, lost contact with him. Several years later, he found me on Facebook. There's something good for Facebook. <laughs> and uh, we had gotten a Bayliner boat, and they're rare in Greenland. But he happened to have a Bayliner boat. And he reached out to me on Facebook, and he said, Hey, Baptist, is that you? Is that your Bayliner boat? And I said, that, yeah. I said yes, that's me. And he wrote back, and he said, I'd like to be your friend, but I don't want to be a Baptist. <laughs> I said, that's fine. We can be friends. And uh, we are still really good friends today. Amen? And, you know, I gave him the gospel so many times before we ever came into the, into the church building. And that's the way it is in Greenland. We're always giving the people the gospel before we, they ever even come into the church house. And uh, he, he, professed, he, he made a profession of faith. 
uh, you know, we, every week he still comes over. We pray together, read the Bible together. Uh, you know, you pray for, the, pray for these, uh, these people. Like I said, they, they have a troubled life. Uh, we're, we're trying to give them the foundation, right, and disciple them. Uh, but praise God uh, for that man. Praise God for the others uh, that are responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Amen? You know, you expect a missionary to go there and reach people. But you, too, also must go right here and reach people, amen, with the gospel of Christ. Uh, but this, uh, it says in verse 7, And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled what? Both, their, both the ships, so that they began to sink. So in the beginning, there were how many boats? Two empty boats. Now there are two full boats that are sinking. <laughs> Only God can do that. Wouldn't you like God to use you that way? Wouldn't you like to say, God, here I am, use me. I'll drop the nets, amen. That was the greatest catch of fish that, that Peter ever saw in his life. He's a fisherman. How many of you have, how many have ever gone fishing? Um, when you go fishing, you, you want to catch the big fish, and you want to catch lots of fish, right? Now, in Greenland, I, I go uh, ice fishing in the winters. This past year, uh, it was minus 47 with the wind chill, and I was out on the ice there's no, there's no shacks. You're out there. Um, I'm out there for eight hours in the elements. And I've been, wor- I've been praying for this man, this man I go with. I've been praying for his salvation. And I told my wife, I said, if this man doesn't get saved, this may be one of the dumbest things I've ever done. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we're praying for his salvation, though. But uh, we go ice fishing. We drop the long line. Uh, we do halibut fishing with a long line. We have, we have to drop that line a half mile down to the bottom of the, of the sea. And then we have to stretch it across the bottom of the sea. And we have 120 hooks on our line. And uh, sometimes we only pull up 10 to, to 12 halibut. And when we're done, we wrap this halibut and we put them on the dog sledge. And you know, when there's only 12 halibut, you're sitting pretty low on that sledge. <laughs> but one time this past year, we caught 77 halibut in one catch. And that sledge was really high. And we were sitting on that sledge way up here. And when we were going back, we wanted everybody to see us. We are like yelling at everybody, hey, how you guys doing? We wanted everybody to see us, right? I mean, that was awesome. All those fish we caught, we were really proud of ourselves. And, and that's what a fisherman dreams of, right? Those big catches of fish. And here it was. This was the day Peter could, he actually couldn't even dream of that. It was too many fish. He never even dreamed he could catch that much, that much fish, right? Now he could turn around, cash them in, buy new boats, new nets, new equipment, right? But what did he do? A few verses later, Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And the Bible says they, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. You know, I know Peter was glad that he listened, right? That he got into the water. He got into the boat with Jesus. He listened to Jesus when he said to thrust out a little. He listened to Jesus when Jesus said to launch out into the deep. He listened to Jesus when Jesus said to put down the nets. Because a few years later, Peter experienced the greatest catch of men on the day of Pentecost, saw thousands saved and added to the church. Amen. God wants to use you and I in his work. A few years ago, there was a, a boat with a, a 12-year-old boy, his parents, and his uncle. And they were out uh, during the winter when it's dark, and there's lots of icebergs in the bay. And they hit an iceberg, and the three adults fell overboard. And that 12-year-old was left uh, by himself on that boat. And he picked up the radio. We have a radio, you, uh, you know, you, uh, VHF, VHF. You can call for help. And the boy was on the radio asking for help, but there was no uh, GPS locator on the boat, and the boy didn't know where he was. So they couldn't find him. And he was crying and asking for help. And finally, the next morning, a fisherman found him and rescued him. But, of course, his family was, was lost. They perished in the sea. 
Sometimes people ask, why don't they use life jackets? Well, that is the law. You're supposed to have one life jacket on board per person. Uh, But they don't realize the importance of a life jacket until it's too late. You know, it's the same thing spiritually. You know, there's, there's, there is a world that's, that's drifting in the sea, right, in, the, in, in, their, in their sin, right? They're, they're perishing in their sins. And uh, you look at the world, they're crying out, aren't they? They are crying out. You know, Greenland has the highest suicide rate in the world. Just a small country, but uh, per, per capita, they have the highest suicide rate in the world. <laughs> uh, look at what people are doing to their bodies, right? I mean, people are crying out. I mean, people are looking for this, looking, going to the bottle, right, alcohol, going to drugs. I mean, they're looking for anything to, to satisfy them, but they're without hope, right? Uh, they're without Christ. Uh, they don't know what they need, but we know what they need. And we need to get the gospel to them before it's eternally too late. We need to be that, uh, that, that light, right, that reflects Christ, that shines on them, right? We need to let them see the, the, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ so they can see their sins and see that Christ paid for their sins. Hey, Amen. You don't have to perish in the sea. Right? If you're here tonight and you're not saved, you don't have to perish in the sea. You can turn to Christ right now and Christ will save you. Amen. There's an organization here. It's called the Independent Baptist Church. And there is a radar system, the Word of God. Nothing wrong with the radar system. And there's a warning system. And God wants you and I to be part of that warning system, reaching this word gospel of Christ. Uh, are you involved? Will you be involved? <laughs> Amen. Uh, the same one that said to launch out into the deep is the, is the same one that walked on the water. He said, lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. We don't have to be afraid. Amen. We just have to listen to his voice. Let's close in prayer as the pastor comes. Lord, we just thank you again uh, for the word of God. Thank you again, Lord, that you want to use us in your work. Lord, sinners saved by grace. Lord, I ask that we would be faithful to you. And Lord, help us not to quit. Help us not that give up on you, Lord, you haven't given up on us. Lord, there's a world out there that's lost, and we have what they need with the gospel of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would just use us for your glory and honor. Use us in your work. Thank you again, Lord, for Independent Baptist Church. Thank you for their faithfulness to you right here in Alaska and also around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I certainly appreciate that. It is amazing. If you're on the shore where Christ is able to hear him, then you'll be able to get on the boat when he's getting on the boat. He starts you off slow, just going out a little bit. Then to launch out into the deep to see what God is going to do. And it would have been incredible to see. Peter, of course, would have been just amazed at all the fish that were there. Matter of fact, look on down. Drop down a couple of verses to verse 9. This will happen every single time you genuinely follow the Lord and you're launching out with him. Verse 9 will occur. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, the drought of the fishes which they had taken. You will be astonished at what the Lord can do. What the Lord can do. So the question is, where are you? Are you on the shore? Is Christ already on the boat? Is the boat getting ready to launch out a little further? Are you on that boat right now, and he's getting ready to take it out to the deep part, and you're like, well, wait a second. I would like to go back to the shore. Listen, it's all about Him. You'll never be astonished. You'll never see God work without launching out. Without that. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask this right now. I, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm seeing any first-time visitors here. I thought we had some come in, but I don't think I'm seeing any right now. But let me ask this. Maybe you're not certain. Maybe this has been bothering you. You do not know for sure that heaven is your home. 
You say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I'm not certain that I am saved. This has been bothering me. I don't know that I'm converted. I don't know what's going to happen to me when I die. Would you please pray for me? Is anyone here like that? Say, Pastor, please pray for me. Just put your hand up where I can see it. I see some small children is all I see. All right. Christian. Just heard a great message from Luke 5 tonight. Life is all about the Lord. Are you even in a place where you can hear Him preach? Are you even at the shore? If the Lord worked on your heart, why don't you come and pray? Father in heaven, bless this invitation. Lord, work in hearts and lives. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Page number 494. 494. If you need to come and pray, you come and pray.